Hot Rod just slides it through. It's right there. Nagavailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! All right. Happy Tuesday. This is the Desiree Show. First downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio. It is the 9th day of January, and it's a wet one here in California. Uh, we just started off with a little highlight there, or low light, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. Um, national championship game last night. I had to start off with it. Congratulations to Nick Saban on his sixth national championship, which is unbelievable. Um, anyways, uh, huge, huge props, though, for Georgia Bulldogs. Uh they dominated the first half, uh, but today it's going to be all football. We're going to talk divisional football. I'm super excited to welcome a two-time Super Bowl champion, Byron Chamberlain, in studio. He has had the opportunity to play for quite a few different teams in the league and has, uh, as I mentioned, two rings. Uh, so he's going to be able to share a little bit of insight with that with us. And he's got an event coming up in Minneapolis, uh, and uh, he just made me aware that Little House in the Prairie is was filmed in Minnesota which I, I had no idea. So I'm um, waving out to uh, Laura Ingalls and the entire Ingalls family. All right, uh, divisional rounds are set. Saturday and Sunday football was upsets. Um, anyways, I'm going to go straight. I'm going to have, I'm super thankful to welcome two-time Super Bowl champion with the Broncos, nine seasons in the NFL, a pro bowler for the Vikings, and his final seasons with the Skins just before Joe Gibbs came in, which is pretty rad as well. Selected in the 1995 draft by the Denver Broncos as well, Mr. Byron Chamberlain. Hey, it's uh, always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming thanks in. Thanks for having me. Through the rain as well. Um, yeah, how about, okay, well, let's start. I mean, obviously last night, um, big props to Hawaii right now in the recruiting <laughs> market. <laughs> yeah, some great players always come out of Hawaii. That's my, you know, my hometown of Honolulu. Uh, but yeah, Tua came came in the game. I think it was that was the greatest deci- coaching decision in the history of 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 uh, national championship game. Taking a quarterback out that won you the national championship the year before, he's obviously struggling in the first half, uh, throwing the ball and putting a true freshman in a, a freshman that you know is a talented kid, but he's unproven. He hasn't played in these. Big type get big Hasn't time played games. a regular season game. Well, he he played. You know, he's played in. Uh, you know, Not started, in mop up say. duty. Yeah. Um, you know, against Vanderbilt and things like that when they're blowing teams Merced. out. But he's not played in 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 a, in a game that meant something that had uh, a championship riding on it. You know, and not this is the 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 biggest pressure situation you could be in in the second half of a game that you're losing and they want you to bring you back. Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it was, gosh, total domination. They were slugging them. I mean, Georgia Bulldogs made Alabama not look like Alabama football. Yeah, they, they really did. Georgia came out in the first half with a lot of energy, with a great game plan, uh, kind of spreading them out, and many teams haven't done that, uh, spread Alabama out and made plays all over the field. Um, and, and Nick Saban knew that they were going to have to open up their offense if they're going to get back in it, so... Going to Tua in in the second half, uh, like I said, was an amazing decision. And the way that that kid just made plays, he threw the ball, uh, scrambled around, made plays with his feet. And, you know, the, the, the biggest thing, too, is, you know, he's a freshman, and he made some freshman mistakes in that game. But it never seemed like he got down on himself. He never seemed like the stage was too big for him or he got intimidated. He kind of just shrugged off those mistakes and came back with a nice throw every time, or or a nice run, and or a play to get Alabama back in the in the ball game. Yeah, no, totally. And now also a huge recruiting. I mean, obviously Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10 lose. I mean, Hawaii and California are going to the SEC. It's, well, there's, it's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of kids from from the West Coast, uh, a lot of kids from Hawaii who want to come over and play big time ball. And they see guys like uh, Marcus Mariota. They see guys like Tua going to Alabama, and and you know their options are are, are expanding now. Um, and and you better believe that that the the kids that there are, who are top recruits coming out of the state of Hawaii are going to be looking uh, to go either farther east and farther to the southeast. Um, so it's a huge stage to play on, and it's and and good for him. You know he's he's a kid who. Um, 
that he went to the same high school as Marcus Mariota yeah. and came after him. And uh, I have a, a buddy of mine, Ma'a Tanovasa, who I played with in Denver, actually coached him in the Polynesian All-Star game. And he was raving about this about this kid and so to see him on the big stage to see what he did uh, how he performed uh it, it was just awesome and and a lot of my buddies and a lot of my friends from Hawaii are tweeting me or texting me and and uh giving him big props because it, it was it was it's great for the island well and Brandon Malmainu actually posted last night that he's a distant cousin as well right. <laughs> so you know I mean uh but yes um awing actually for that kid to step in the way he did you know and and the the other thing too which is to me is scary for college football and you talked about the big 10 the pac 12 uh the, the the big 12 and all these other super conferences the scary thing about last night if you looked at georgia's roster and if you looked at alabama's roster a lot of those guys last night who were making big plays freshmen. were freshmen so that's that's going to be scary for for college football out there because these guys are these kids are going to be around for a couple more years and uh, and they're only going to get better. And then, well, and then on the flip side, Jalen, what happens to Jalen now? And and much respect on his post interviews. You know, they I don't like what the media did with coming right in there. So how does it feel to be benched? Um, he handled it like a true pro. Yeah, Where I mean, I mean, go, the though? kid, the kid is he's a he's a top quality kid. He was from the day he stepped into Alabama. Um, where does he go from here? Does Lane Kiffin take him? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, you know. what, what's crazy to me? This is what's crazy to me, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this. The notion that he needs to transfer, like everybody, as soon as this kid has success, oh, he Jalen's got to transfer to somewhere. He's got to go to where Lane Kiffin is. He, somebody posted, oh, he's going to be on that Last Chance University. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean you, I, you I, know, I, to, 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 to me, if to me, like, there's no other college uh, right now that has what Alabama has. They have a they have a great problem to have two great quarterbacks. But to me, if you're a competitor. You stay there and fight it out. I mean, because for Jalen, this is one bad game. It just so happens it was the biggest stage, yes. Okay, you got another guy who has some talent there. Uh, but, you know, can I beat him out? You know, just because he, I, you know, you got one national championship. I got one national championship. You know, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily see him having to transfer. Um, and, you know, the other thing about that is you're one play away from coming being back the starter. You know, say say they name two of the starter next year. Comes in the first game, gets hit, rolls an ankle, injures a shoulder. You're back as being the starter. So, I, I, and it, you know, he's still a young guy. It, it was his, his second year at Alabama, so he's still got two more years to play. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I don't necessarily think, oh, I got to go transfer to – to, to, to be the player, be a, a guy. Well, and I, I don't think you'd have to, but I think I we have seen it. Yeah. Like Max I mean, Brown I, with USC, yeah, as just, soon as he had his opportunity, he did not do well. He was benched for Sam Darnold. That's, I mean, locally to, San, to USC football. However, and then he left. I, I agree, but I think guys are just soft, and guys are just... Uh, they they grew up in this this era right now where they are not used to competing. They're they're entitled. They want mm-hmm. things given to them. They want the opportunities handed to them, and instead of competing for it, like the, the era that I came up in, I don't care if you're better than me, we're, you know, or or someone thinks you're better than me. We're we're gonna find out because we're gonna get on this football field, or we're gonna get on this baseball field, we're gonna get on that basketball court, and you're gonna have to prove it every time you step on there. And because I'm going to I'm going to give you everything I got and I'm not scared to compete against somebody who's bigger. I'm not scared to compete against somebody who's faster, who's older or whatever, or some guy who's won a championship and I hadn't won anything. I, 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 that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't scare me. That only makes me that only fuels my fire to comp, to try harder, to compete harder. So this notion that oh, there's a guy then and he's the starter now and he played great and now I got to transfer. I, I just don't get it. I love it. I, I, love I, I just, I, I, to me, I think competition is the biggest thing that makes, it just makes everyone better. And, and if you personally, um, you know, if you, just individually, if you want to be a better, if you want to be better at whatever you, um, 
and whatever you're doing, go challenge the, the best person in, the, in your business, in your industry. Go challenge that person and try to, to overtake that person. And, and to me, and that's going to, it's not going to do anything but make you better. Bravo. I want, we want the clapping. I have a little <laughs> clapping there. I, I, you know, I agree 100%. And you personally, your career, you know, you, what you also encompass with what you're saying is this is team. It is a team. It is all of us. And we do all different things as a tight end. You are blocking. You are blocking for an around the receiver. You are, you know, for all the different positions on a football field have a part in a team, you know, and, uh, and, and I, and like you said, and, and going to Alabama and being having a championship, winning a national championship, regardless if you're the starter. Yeah. And everybody's talking about, about, you know, Jalen getting benched or, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I go back to, uh, my buddy Rod Smith, uh, the receiver <laughs> in, in Denver, when we play our first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 33, uh, 32, we're playing against the Packers in San Diego. And, uh, you know, we, we, get, we, um, we get there, and the game plan is, is pretty simple. We're going to run Terrell Davis, and there's not going to be many passes thrown this game. Uh, and so, you know, our other receiver, Ed McCaffrey, uh, he, was a, he was a Pro Bowl receiver, Shannon Sharp, who's a Hall of Famer. And so we get in that game, and, and Shannon catches a few balls, and Rod Smith, I mean, Ed McCaffrey catches a few balls. And, and like I said, our game plan was geared for Terrell to, to have a big day, and he did. He uh, 157 yards, three touchdowns, and, and Rod Smith did not catch a ball that game. And uh, they interviewed Rod and after the game because his locker was right next to mine. And one of the first questions they asked Rod was, "Hey Rod, were you disappointed that you hadn't caught that you didn't get to catch a ball um, into uh, in this in the Super Bowl today?" And Rod's answer was, "Man, listen, we just won the Super Bowl. My Super Bowl ring is going to be exactly the same size as Terrell <laughs> Davis, as John Elway's, as Shannon Sharp's. My Super Bowl bonus check is going to be exact same as everybody else." Like, what are you talking about? Am I disappointed? We just won the Super Bowl, you know, and and, that, and that's for Jalen. Jalen, uh, I think, Hurts, he handled that thing like a, a true team player, uh, a true person of character. Um, you know, when you saw Tua, Tua throw his first touchdown, Jalen's the first, first guy out there, there yeah. congratulating him. I mean, because it is a true team game and it's a two-team sport. And you know what? Sometimes you don't have it and you got to have – other teammates pick you up. Just so happens it had to be the guy at his position, and, and which is fine because at the end of the day, they're celebrating another national championship in, at, at Alabama. Right on. And if you're just tuning in, I, you're, I'm joined by Byron Chamberlain. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. You can follow Byron at BC underscore Chamberlain on Instagram and on Twitter um, and or on Facebook, just simply his name. Now, um, uh, we could keep going on with this, um, but I want to get into some of this. We had Saturday was upset playoff, wild card weekend as far as I was concerned. Uh, Titans go into Kansas City, into Arrowhead, and beat Kansas City. Um, and, I, and something I've never seen before is is a quarterback who throws a pass and actually ends up catching it himself and for a touchdown. <laughs> with I've, I've, seen, I've seen Brad Johnson do that okay. in Minnesota with the Vikings. <laughs> But no one's ever done that in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, Mar Marcus Mariota, again, I was definitely uh, cheering for uh, Tennessee in, in that game because of Mariota and because they're playing the Chiefs, which uh, one of our arch rivals, rivals when I was playing with yeah. the Broncos. So, um, But, you know, that game, you know, the thing about that game is is, is I was impressed with, with the resiliency of the Tennessee Titans, you know, because I understand, you know, as – be going into Arrowhead, if not the the toughest place to play in the NFL, it's definitely loudest. the loudest place. And those fans, they're not just loud. Those fans are very uh, football savvy. So they know when to be loud. Mm -hmm. They know when to be quiet. They know when they're helping their offense or helping their defense out. Um, so they're just a very football savvy uh, crowd there in Kansas City and just a tough, tough place to play. And so for, for the Titans to go down the way they did in the first half, a lot of teams fold under that type of pressure, especially in the playoffs uh, when you're playing a, a team like Kansas City who is, has been – they were you know they, they had a stretch where they were pretty dominant in the regular season, and you looked at them as, 
as a potential uh, Super Bowl favorite. Um, and, you know, you think, okay, they, they, they faltered a little bit, but now they got it back rolling. They're in the playoffs. They got a home playoff game, and they're up. They've been there. They're, they've been there. They're up in the first half. They got a coach like Andy Reid who's, who's taken a team to the Super Bowl, who's had a lot of success in this league. A lot of, a lot of teams fold, and, and Tennessee just kept fighting back. They kept fighting back, and, and they turned things around. And, and, and then down the stretch, they made all the plays that they, they needed to make to win that game. So my hat's off to the Titans. Yeah, and a little bit of magic on that play. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, that was beautiful. Uh, you know, and lineage as well. You know, I mean, also, also, obviously also on the Titans, uh, I know um, Aaron Wallace, whose father played for the Raiders yes. eight seasons. James Trapp is actually his godfather. Or his uncle and a prominent <laughs> person in the NFL as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just mentioned um, Ed McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was playing on Sunday with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm always stoked when I hear, I, I, I like family uh, involved as well. <laughs> so. It's funny, you talk about that uh, Christian McCaffrey and the image that I always have in my head is uh, Christian and Max McCaffrey uh coming to practice, running on our football fields a- after practice, you know, just these little kids. That, and that's the image I always have of these kids. Um, uh, but it's good to see Christian out there making plays. I mean, he's he comes from a phenomenal, phenomenal, talented family. And I always joke with uh, Ed uh, that his wife, Lisa, is actually the better athlete. <laughs> and she was, a, she was a standout soccer oh, yeah. player um, at, at Stanford. Uh, but, but uh, you know, that's another team, uh, the Carolina Panthers, who did a great job last week uh, of fighting back and and really uh, really just keeping their composure when, when things were kind of against them. Uh, and they it just kind of ma- made play after play after play after play and just kept making plays. And, and eventually they, they got the win. And it's interesting, too, that these road teams, these teams that go on the road – uh, during the playoffs, uh, that during that first week, one you know, Both one won the Carolina on Saturday, Panthers yeah. or Carolina Panthers didn't, but uh, um, but uh, who yeah. did is um, I'm sorry, is no, no, it's because uh, they lost to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, um, but uh, um, oh my gosh, I just my brain just oh Coliseum, uh, yeah, yeah, LA, the, the, Rams the Rams hosting the, Rams, the, yes. the Falcons. The Falcons we're talking about is, we're talking yeah, about Saturday, Saturday games, yeah, yeah. the the Saturday games where. Uh, I threw you the, for your loop because I brought in McCaffrey. Only because yeah. you <laughs> where, where the road teams actually came in. The Atlanta Falcons um, came in and, and and won on the road. That's huge. That's a that's a huge confidence builder as far as going forward in the playoffs. And we, you know, the the because that's the toughest thing to do in the NFL is to win on the road. But then the other, you know, is add the the component win on the road in a in the playoff situation where it's you win or you go, go home, home for good so you know hats off to those those teams and then you came back with the sunday games and the home the home teams won on sunday <laughs> I mean, you weren't serve. sure yeah. though after saturday yeah. you weren't yeah. quite sure you know yeah. and yeah dan dan quinn and marquan uh, manuel did an amazing job with the defensive plan on that game um containing the rams who were the number one nfl well, offensive often. team to 13 points. Um, huge congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams as well for an amazing season. Um, I know not the way they wanted to end, but uh, what a, what a great season. Uh, yeah, them. the Rams, I mean, they're, gonna, they're, I would, young, I, and, they're young enough. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I've been telling people, the Rams are the real deal. This isn't the same Rams that you, you think about, you know, last few years. Um, Todd Gurley is back to being Todd Gurley. I think it took, <coughs> excuse me, it took an offensive coach like Sean McVay to to understand what he had in Todd Gurley, and not only, um, you know, the the most impressive thing to me with Todd Gurley this year was how they how uh, Sean McVay used him out of the backfield, yeah. uh, catching the ball, and he had several uh, touchdowns, long touchdowns well, he was on screen passes, on yeah. on, on uh, passes even down the seam down the field. I remember the one against the Cowboys where he's running down the seam like a wide receiver. And that's something you never saw under Jeff Fisher, and so and so you know and like I said, the quarterback here, uh, Golf looks like he's coming into his own. Um, the playmakers around them, the Cooper Cups, the guys that are stepping up, 
Uh, Joe, um, or uh, not Joe, but uh, Woods, um, USC former yeah. tro- Trojan player, played Woods, for uh, yeah, Gardena Sarah. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, they just have some a lot of good young talent, and, and you got to b- believe with that defense that they've already have uh, that's established. They're gonna be they're gonna be a player here for the next few years. And Wade Phillips at the helm. Yes. I mean, who I. I mean, he's a defensive guru. He is a defense. He's amazing. I miss him. I remember when he was in San Diego. I remember when he was in Denver. Yeah. No. I, yeah. No. I mean, he's what? How? He's seventy. He's seventy years old. Yeah. Right. But he, uh, he I knows mean, how to coach defense. He knows how to to get you know. And his thing is too with defenses uh, takeaways. You know, getting the ball back for your offense, and uh, the Rams did a great job, uh, even from the beginning of this year. From the, I remember the very first game of interceptions and tur- and turnovers, uh, and getting the ball back to that offense. And, and if they keep playing like that, uh, with the the way that this offense is developing uh, into one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL, the Rams are going to be a player in the NFC for for years. Uh, yeah, no, in the NFC is going to be pretty exciting here, I think, as well, this next NFC West, I should say, with yeah. San Francisco with Jimmy GQ in there now. And, yeah. And, and, and Shanahan. And, uh, Shanahan, you want to talk family? Yeah, I've more known family that kid. <laughs> Yes, I've known that kid since he was a, a teenager. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it, it, it looks like, you know, he's the right guy for, for the type of offense that Kyle Shanahan wants to implement. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is, I mean, we, we've always kn- known that he, you know, look who he, he was the understudy for the, for the greatest of all time. So you kind of figured that this cat had talent. You, you know how um, Belichick kind of was fighting to keep this kid. Um, so I, I look, I look for, for huge things for, for San, San Francisco in the future. And the way they finished this year kind of tells you the, where they're going. They're trending up. Well, and can I tell you that the beginning of the, right before the season started this year, I had just finished Bill Walsh's book, um, The Score Takes Care of Itself. And so every week I was like, San Francisco's going to win. They're like totally new. They're in the rebuild mode. It's like the same thing. There's 0 and 6. They were just like when when he got the team. And, but, and then they did, you know. So, I mean, and I'm not saying any predictions, but I had a funny feeling. And it was because I had read that book. But things are translating well on the field as well. There's something special going on in San Francisco. There is. And, and, you know, you can have a a great offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan or or Sean McVay. But the bottom line is in the NFL, you got to have a trigger man. You got to have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And and now they have that component in place uh, there in San Francisco. So we're going to see what happens with that team. All right. Okay. So we're going to go. we actually one last thing on 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 Saturday night's game is um, one thing we can say about Atlanta. If there is a Super Bowl hangover, they're over it right now. They have a they have a, had a ginger ale uh, or whatever they needed. Uh, Al Michaels quote actually during the game: "You have been, you know, and that's another thing that this book that I just spoke about talked about is going back to back Super Bowls." As a player, you had the opportunity to do that with the Broncos. What, what is that element that allows that to happen, or what can you share with us that, that difference between a locker room when that's going on? Well, I, how do you how do you were stay you talking focused about for me or for like well, for like Atlanta think, trying well, to get back to the Super Bowl? Atlanta getting back is huge. I mean, I know it's really yeah. tough. They they do they talk about this I think, hangover. I think, they I think, also talk about winning. I losing. think I think Atlanta for Atlanta it's a little bit easier because they lost the Super Bowl, and then they barely snuck in the playoffs this year. They barely. So yeah. so no one's really like looking at Atlanta as a front runner. In the AFC, I mean the NFC, to get to the Super Bowl, you, you know, there, people have been talking about the Vikings. People were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. There was a lot of Rams talk here uh, in LA, um, but in Atlanta's kind of been on the back burner. So, to me, that gives them a little chip on their shoulder. Like, hey, we were in the Super Bowl last year. Nobody's believing in us. We sn- we snuck in the back door of this playoffs. But the bottom, the, but the thing about the playoffs, when you're in, you're in, so n- nothing else matters. And they have the type of offense that they, if they get hot, there's no stopping that offense. And you combine that with with the kind of defensive performance they had last week against the Rams. If yeah. they can, can uh, sustain a type of performance like that, they're going to be a they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. 
Um, as far as the mentality uh, going back to back to the Super Bowl, winning it, you know, I, I'll say this. Um, for us, it it was a we were on a mission. We were focused on on getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl uh, uh, after we won it the first time. Um, and, you know, and we had we had guys in our, our, our locker room talk about it. You know, uh, Shannon Sharp would stand up in front of the team and talk about it. Listen, guys, there's a lot of teams that win one in a row, he would say. <laughs> and, and, you know, and th- those are good. That Those are great. But if you want to be special, if you want to be a team that's talked about, you know, for throughout time, you got to win. You got to go back to back. You got to win multiple Super Bowls. You you got to, you know, if you go, you win back to back, that's a, that's a rare feat. And because um, not a lot of teams, you know, go back to back and win it. So that we were we were really single minded, single focused on on doing that. And uh, that was the only thing that mattered to us uh, in 98 was was winning the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, it's funny because we started off that season 13 and 0 and everybody was talking about, oh, this could be the team that goes undefeated and and breaks the uh, 72 Dolphins mm-hmm. record. And but that wasn't even on our minds. Our mind was let's get home field advantage. Let's play every playoff game here in Mile High Stadium, and let's win the Super Bowl. That was it. That was it. And when we lost to New York, you know, everyone was asking, were we disappointed or whatever? And and to a man, everybody was saying, no, we were not disappointed because this wasn't our goal. Our goal, we never talked about going undefeated. Now, looking back at it, man, that would have been really special to, to go undefeated throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs. But, you know, the bottom line is it doesn't mean anything if you do like the, the, the Patriots and and come up short, you know, win all your, your regular season games, get lose. to the Super Bowl and lose it. I mean, that's the worst feeling in the world. I, I would imagine. I've never experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's great. You know, and I also what I wanted to ask is um, – where my brain went. My brain just slid underneath the table. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, Buffalo Bills, four times, four losses to the Super Bowl. However, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills fans. Um, when they, when last week, when Andy Dalton threw that touchdown pass and the Bengals beat Jack's, uh, beat Baltimore, mm-hmm. Those fans donated $17 increments uh, to upward of $400,000 to Andy Dalton's charity, which is amazing. In $17 increments. Now, after this loss at night, during this gnarly snowstorm that's been going on in the East Coast, those fans were at the airport screaming and waiting for the Buffalo Bills to get off their plane. And I was like, I actually teared up when I saw the video footage. I actually posted it on my Instagram. I reposted it. Um, just bravo to those Bills fans. And, um, you know, and that's I just wanted to sort of address that quickly. I just, yeah, you, you know, the one thing about Buffalo is it's not, you know, we live here in Southern California and there's so much thing, so so many other things to do and, and to see. And, I mean, they're true like a like almost like a college atmosphere where the town revolves around the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know, I know they they have a hockey team there, but people don't really care. You know, they 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 truly are passionate about the Bills. They call themselves the Bills Mafia. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. and, I was gonna... uh, and and, you know, so it's almost like when you go to Columbus, Ohio, or you go to Austin, Texas, or you go to Tallahassee, you know, with these co- these huge college towns. State that, college, yeah, even, in yeah, Penn State. Exactly. Penn State. It's it's the same kind of concept. But you usually don't get that in the NFL because the NFL is in these huge, these bigger cities. So, you know, like a Los Angeles, like, you know, Seattle or, or something like that, or Dallas where there's, there's a lot of other things going on that you can focus on and you really don't have to be uh, concentrating on on what the football team's doing, but but Buffalo is a special place like that. Yeah, it is cool. Okay, I'm going to stay focused on um, this playoff. We've got two rematches as well this weekend. Um, Minnesota beat New Orleans first game one. What was it? Twenty. 
I've got all my notes here and they're they're not coming up. Um, let me see. Was that that was the first game of the year? First game of the year, yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans did not look good coming out of the gate. However, Sam Bradford was there um, when they went into the Vikings. 346 yards, three touchdowns, 29-19 win um, over New Orleans. This is different. This is a different team. Both are different. This is a big game. You played for the Vikings. I am rooting for the Vikings to to make that record and 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 host the first Super Bowl, be the team that hosts the first Super Bowl. Uh, but not only that, this team is really special. Yeah, this Viking team is definitely a special team. This New Orleans team is pretty. I mean, they're scary. I mean, yeah. you look you look at what they're doing because traditionally, since since um, Drew Brees has been there. They have been Drew Brees and and company. They have been like pass first. We really don't care about the run. Drew Brees is going to throw for 300, 400 yards, three, four, five touchdowns, and that's how we're going to win games. Now you look what they're doing with Ingram, with Kamara in the backfield, and and Kamara is so versatile where they can just put him in different uh, positions and get him the ball in, in, in open space. And to me, he's he's the offensive rookie of the year, but that's another conversation. But you see what they're doing running the football. You see what they're doing with their running backs. as well. And so, and so to me, that makes this offense just even scarier because Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, and he still will pick you apart. He still can have those big games where he throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And you gotta have you gotta uh, you gotta pay attention to their running game now. So it's to me like they're they're putting defenses in, in a pickle. Like you got to pick what you're gonna try to take away, um, and, and so that that's what scares me. But the thing that gives me confidence is is the way the this Minnesota defense has played all year. Uh, to me, they're the best defense in the NFL, and they're even better when they're playing at home. When they get that crowd behind them, how how loud it gets in that stadium. Um, the front end with led by by uh, Griffith, Griffin in the in, in, up front, and they just got some guys that can go go hunt the quarterback, um, uh, and then and then you look at the back end with with Rose at corner, uh, with, with uh, the two safeties back there. God, um, God, it's, it's killing me. You didn't I mean, print out our rosters. <laughs> I didn't print my rosters out. Uh, Harrison <laughs> Smith, yeah, and, and uh, the other safety. Uh, those those guys are just ball hawks. They're playmakers. And they've they've played incredible all year, and and so that's the one thing that gives me a confidence. The other thing too, is um, is to me the the uh, X factor is Case Keenum, and he's the guy that didn't play in the first game. He's the guy that people kind of discounted because of his performance with playing LA. with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, exactly. But he's a guy who's played phenomenal this year, and he won't get it. I don't know if he'll get any votes. But he needs to get some votes for for uh, player of the year this year. He he, he was phenomenal. You know, he had a, a 10, 11 game stretch where statistically he was the best quarterback in football with quarterback rating. Um, and so he's given the Minnesota Vikings exactly what they need. Um, and I I think they they play great defense. They score uh, just enough points to win this game. Yeah, well, and Stephon. I mean, Stephon, Stephon Diggs, Diggs. I mean, you've got oh, a veteran. Yes. You got some veteran players. Uh, Dalvin Cook as well has had has had a great and uh, Jarek Mc, uh, McKinnon. McKinnon, but McKinnon's you know. the guy. Once 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 Dalvin Cook went down and got hurt. Uh, yeah, when he, he he McKinnon's the guy who stepped up and gave you uh, the versatility in the backfield. Pardon me, Latari <laughs> Oh God, Latavius Murray, Murray yeah. also coming over from yeah. the Raiders. Uh, so. He he's I mean but, you know there's that's the the lightning and thunder combination and smash and dash as the Panthers <laughs> used to call uh, what was it remember that <laughs> lightning and thunder yeah, whatever you want to call like. it um, <laughs> but yeah um, and they they just it seems offensively they're not going to just wow you but they're gonna make as the the number of plays that they need to make to win the game and they've done that all year they've been very consistent. Um, and, 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 then, and then my guy, and then my guy that we didn't mention, Adam Thielen. Yes, the I season was that he's him. had, yeah, he's had a I mean, just season. incredible. Uh, just, and he's basically a guy that's kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so, 
and, and oh, and I got my guy Kyle Rudolph, the tight end man. I got to give him some tight end love. I mean, yeah, you got to give some tight Kyle is Kyle is he, Kyle is just you know he's a consistent guy. He's a guy that he's he's going to get open. He's going to make catches. He's going to move the chains first down. He's not going to wow you with with his speed or whatever. But he's going to be open. He he's that 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 good old safety blanket for for a, for a QB. And, and like I said, they make just as uh, the the plays that they need to make to win ball games, especially with that defense. And I, I, I'm not going against my Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, no, I, um, I think that, that actually New Orleans was probably more upset than the Rams were that they didn't get to go to Philadelphia, that they had to go to the Vikings after the <laughs> loss here in Los Angeles. Um, and, and one last really quick note and I, cause we've, I want to cover more things, but, um, Resting players. I had spoken. Nick Ferguson was on the show last week. I asked him as well. I am not a fan of resting players um, and taking a loss. I know you need to be refueled and and be healthy, but you lose momentum. And I think that is not 100% why the Rams lost, but I think it's one of the elements. You lose, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you kind of got to keep going. Well, you got You always have to keep your edge, and you always have to. You know, there's the, what most people can't do, and most teams can't do, and, and most and people off, can't do is, is yeah. You don't have yeah. the light switch where you no. can just turn it on and turn it off when you need it. So you got to kind of keep that edge. And um, we were in a situation like that. Um, Ninety six. We were. Um, we went thirteen and three. Okay, so we were. We had we're the number one team in the AFC, had home field advantage. We go into that last game and we rest a lot of our starters and they don't play. Um not saying it's the reason that we lost. And uh, we, we 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 have home field advantage. We lose to Jacksonville in the divisional round. They we had not lost a game in Mile High Stadium the, the entire year. Jacksonville comes in, beats us thirty to twenty seven. At and, mile uh, high. and it was probably one of the most devastating losses at the time uh, the Broncos franchise had ever experienced because of the team that we had. Um, uh, and then our quarterback, Elway, was at the end of his career, so he, he had only limited chances to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and we lose that game, and, uh, and Mike Shanahan says to, you know, he tells us this is the last time I'll ever do something like that. I'm always going to keep these guys keep it. Even if you go in and you play the guys for a half, your your starters and your 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 key players for a half or or, or right after halftime, you know, kind of use it like a, like you do a preseason game or something. Because you got to keep guys. I know you 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 want fresh legs, but you got to keep that edge for yeah. guys. You got to keep that you know that that continuity uh, for offense, for defense, for special teams. And coaching. Uh, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that watching inside the NFL, watching NFL films, highlights of the Rams lost to San Francisco the week before, it was visibly painful for all those coaches and players to lose and to not play a game plan that they wanted to play, uh, that they had been winning with. I mean, I yeah. felt like it really, but um, we're going to, we've got to shift now because I want to cover a few more things. Um, We've got um, AFC, we've got another, well, actually, let's talk about the other same matchup, which is going to be Jacksonville going into Pittsburgh. Jacksonville already beat Pittsburgh week five, uh, 30 to nine. Um, Antonio Brown is most likely back uh, this week, but I like this matchup. I mean, I'm thinking also of my smash mouth Pittsburgh Steelers football, um, but what, what, do you, what do you see about this game? We've got number three going into number two. Steelers are hosting at Heinz Field. Well, the key to me to this game is going to be the Jacksonville offense. Blake Bortles, um, what is he going to do? He, I mean, he looked absolutely horrible in the first half, uh, the entire game, basically, last week. Um, but that defense, well, and that, that and, defense had three takeaways well, as well see, that see, week, listen, last week. And, I, and that's why I'm saying the, the key is going to be the key is going to be Blake Bortles. Because Jacksonville defense is going to be Jacksonville defense. They're 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 one of the best defenses in the league. Um, Calais, my buddy Calais, Calais Campbell, um, you know um, uh, the corner Jalen um, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey 
uh, one of the, uh, if not the best, he's number two. <laughs> yeah. Well, Calais is it. Calais so, is veterans. I mean, Calais being so, there is really so th- that defense. Um, um, that defense is going to be. They're going to be. They're going to be great. So I'm not worried about their defense. What I am worried about is Blake Bortles, and, and I'm worried about Leonard Fournette too. Leonard Fournette looks like he's tired. You know, he's had to carry the load the entire the entire season. Um, and he ha- he's had a great season for a rookie running back. But, you know, at, at this point, as a rookie, this is when you, you get tired, your your legs are tired, you're playing longer seasons than you played at LSU. You got to carry the offensive load for this team because your quarterback really um, is – is inept. He, he he can't do it. Well, he had shining. He had some highlights he, there in the beginning, no, you know, no, kind of yeah, midway. But I, he's yeah, not, but I'm talking about right now no, and the way not. he performed last week. Um, he played well enough to lose that game last week. Oh, uh, if it wasn't for this defense that they have, they they don't win that ball game. Uh, and so that's what that that to me is going to be the key for Jacksonville. What are you going to get out of Blake Bortles? Will he give you the same Blake Bortles as last week? Or will he step up and make some plays for you offensively, um, take some pressure off the running game, and Leonard Fournette, uh, well, he doesn't have to do it all. Uh, I think that is the that's where you're going to find this game won or lost. Okay, another another variable I want to throw out there as well is is playing at Heinz Field, playing in the cold. Jacksonville Jaguars play in Florida. They are going to Soldier Field. Or Heinz Field, pardon me, Soldier Field. I was thinking Chicago. Um, Heinz Field. And that turf always looks pretty rattled about this time of the year. <laughs> yeah. But I don't I don't think that's gonna make a that a much of a difference. Okay. I do I do feel home field advantage always makes a difference in the playoffs. Um and, and that's you know, depending on where you're playing, that's good for, you know, a few points here or there. Um but this Jacksonville defense is so solid. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to rattle them. I still go back to to the quarterback situation, Blake Bortles. And most of the time, when you're when you look at teams who make playoff runs, who get to the Super Bowl, they're teams that have very good quarterback play. Um, I can only think of one time that a team's kind of done that and it's the Chicago 2000 Bears. ravens the, oh. two, the 2000 ravens oh i, I didn't Chicago think about Bears. i didn't think about uh sexy rexy yeah sexy rex, rex grossman, rex grossman. Yeah. <laughs> that defense yeah. though those yeah but at Erlacher and i mean yeah that but trio. they yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> and, and so i mean is this team um you know one of those type teams that can make it to the super bowl with with poor very poor quarterback play maybe maybe because this defense like you said is very opportunistic they had five interceptions versus time, Ben the yeah. last time. I don't think Ben's going to play that that poorly, but I do believe Jacksonville defense will come to play uh, in the in this game. And you bring up another th- point I was going to bring up: quarterback <sighs> comparison, career playoff starts, Brady thirty four uh, versus Mariota's one, um, Ben's twenty versus Bortles one. You know, when, you know, playoff starts. Um, Matt Ryan with nine going into uh, with Nick Foles has one playoff. Uh, Drew Brees, 12 versus Case Keenum, zero. Um, but those statistics, interesting and valid. But we've also got full, you know, the Vikings team and the Vikings defense is more complete. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville's and, and I think defense. people would make too much of those matchups. I, I, it's yeah. like the quarterbacks don't play each other. No, no, they play your defense and and it's what more kind so and, and what kind of uh, defense are you bringing to the table? Like I'll take Minnesota's defense in Case Keenum no playoff appearances. I'll take that. Every, ver- yeah, yeah, I'll take that versus uh, you know anybody right now. I don't see anyone realistically coming into Minnesota. And beating Minnesota, I think the only the only team that I would put my money on that could would do that is if they pay, face New England in the play, in the Super Bowl. But it's and I and I, I'm, I'm I'll say this: I still give Minnesota a shot just because they're playing at home. Okay. Well, no, and that's been I I picked that um, as my Super Bowl that appearances is, exactly is my pick, Minnesota well, Vikings and well, and the Patriots. Well, great minds think alike because <laughs> those are my Super Bowl predictions. Uh, going back, we talked a little bit 
about um, Philadelphia. You know, to me, when they lost Carson Wentz, they lost their Super Bowl. Uh, because uh, to me, when you know, they they were my Super Bowl uh, favorite in the NFC. Yeah. I was I was going with my heart and picking Minnesota, but the way that they were playing with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. Before he was injured, was my vote for for NFL MVP. Yeah. No, I think for many. Um, and and I just see the drop off between him and Nick Foles. I really don't think, like I, I really think that this is a time where the Falcons can go in there and steal one uh, because of because of who they have at quarterback, because of way the way their defense is playing right now. And they've the, been there the recently. Way, the way they shut down um, the LA Rams offense. I think that's going to give that defense so much confidence going into going into Philadelphia and facing Nick Foles. I really believe that that Atlanta goes in there and pulls this one off. Yeah, and I and I'm right there with you. Um, and you know what the thing is is not to negate Nick Foles or his abilities. Um, obviously, there's there's a drop off. There's a di- there's totally difference. Yeah. But I think that other element that Carson Wentz has this leadership that is contagious with that locker room is the winning thing that even with the mechanics, I don't think Nick Foles has. Well, that, that, that is definitely a key factor. You know, when you get a guy like Carson Wentz, that whole entire team rallies around that guy and whatever that guy says is law. And they, they, they follow that guy wherever. And it's hard to bring somebody else in when the your number one guy that everyone in that locker room listens to everyone in that locker room follows and say okay we're gonna you're gone this week we're all gonna follow this guy this this next week that, I mean that is a, that is the toughest thing to do and uh so I, I just don't see I don't just don't see it happen I guess but and the, the other part like I said is just is just the the talent level I mean, Nick Foles is Nick Foles, and I know Nick Foles. He's a great guy. I love him. Back up. But he's, he, yeah, he's he's not a Carson Wentz. No. He's no. not a league MVP caliber quarterback. And, and those are the type of guys that win you Super Bowls. Those MVP quarterbacks, the Bradys, the Mannings, the Drew Brees, those type of quarterbacks. Even Russell. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Houdini, you know, <laughs> up in Seattle, they're not going to make it this year. Okay, so uh-huh. you, I also am picking Atlanta to go in and beat uh, Philly. Um, I am also picking the Vikings to beat at New Orleans. Great minds think alike. <laughs> um, now on, um, and then the games are on Saturday. We've got, now this is a tough one. Uh, Minnesota, I mean, uh, the Tennessee Titans um, going into New England, number five versus number one. This was a 13.5 line Monday morning, yesterday. Yeah, you know, the the thing is... um, It's too tough to beat the Patriots. Tennessee, I like Tennessee. I mean, first of all, I love Mariota. That's my guy. Um, And then, like we talked about earlier, just how they... They just keep fighting and keep fighting, and and how they climb back into that game last week. And you thought they were, you thought they're totally out of it. You're like, oh, there's no way they're coming back. And but they find a way to keep making plays. Things keep happening. They keep playing. Uh, they get a lucky. Derrick Henry get a, get looks a, like yeah, he was Derek running Henry at Alabama. Like Alabama. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, um, Mariota's throwing touchdown passes to himself, um, and they and, they and they find a way to win this game. So can they do the same thing? They, in can New they England? do that going into? They're gonna they're gonna need that. They're gonna need that type of resilience, that type of performance to keep them in the game if they're gonna win it. Do I think? Do I believe it? No, I don't. I think I think Tom Brady. Uh, I think uh, they're just on a mission right now. I think to get back to the Super Bowl and to win it. I think. Um, Bill Belichick with a lot of a lot of the stuff that's going on with with Brady with the so-called Jimmy G Brady the owner Mr. Kraft yeah I I think I I think I think a lot of that yes yes I think a lot of that is is creating that extra edge that New England needs and a lot of times when you're when you're the champ you look for anything to give you an advantage anything to that you feel slighted by or anything that you feel like okay, this is what they're saying about us now. Let's go prove them wrong type of deal because it's hard to to say anything bad about a, a team that all they do is win, you know? 
Uh, so a, a wonderfully professionally uh, run organization. Yeah. I mean, a championship yeah. organization. So. Um, okay, so I, I agree with you. In fact, you know what's so funny is that I called, I believe it was last Wednesday, um, I called the Patriots headquarters, um, not for this story. The story broke I kind of when I was driving up here last week with ESPN with that, um, I was trying to get Edelman because Edelman skateboards, and my show is also NFL and skateboarding, um, and their offices were closed <coughs> due to the storm, quote-unquote. From 12 on. But I had a feeling, you know, I think it was sort of hand in hand. I know that storm was gnarly, but. You know, the the thing about, you know, we hear all this stuff that, that came out recently about the Patriots and about Brady and his strength and conditioning guy that he had being fired. Uh, Jimmy G. Um, Belichick wanted to keep him. The owner wanted yeah, to keep him. Yeah, all this about whatever. Belichick not and, coming back and, and next then, year. Yeah. And to me, the tog wash. Okay. To me, I, I and someone Mark. asked me about this. I I really believe that that you know there there are people that are flat out just hate patriot haters just because they win. I mean, it's same you, thing with Alabama. Everybody hates Goliath, yeah. you know. And so I I think like there's there's people who want to put things out to try to to bring their dynasty down. Do I if I look at the big picture, Tom Brady's won five five championships. He doesn't have enough hands. Well, he needs Belichick's hand. <laughs> won five. I know these guys are all about winning, and they're all about winning Super Bowls, and they want to do something that's never been done before, and they want to put those records out there so far that nobody can catch them. So they want to be like the first to win seven or eight, mm-hmm. you know, and when they're done, nobody's going to catch, catch them. And... Belichick going to the rumors going to New York Jet Giants or whatever, or you know leaving the leaving Patriots organization, yeah, and like, starting over. It's not gonna happen. No. Like you don't build this this team up and this franchise up to to leave it at, at the height of its powers or at the time where you know you possibly could win you know two or three more Super Bowls before your time's up. I, I just can't see you leaving something like that. Belichick smarter than that. Brady's smarter than that. Where they're gonna just make crum- have this thing crumble before their eyes and rebuild and start over. It's not gonna happen. No, you know, doesn't it, make sense. No, and then and that's another reason why Jimmy is so great with San Francisco as well as not just sitting behind uh, Tom Brady, not just being coached by Bill Belichick, but that entire. Um, organization that um, that championship organization that the philosophy team. yeah the, yeah you, like it's do it's, your it's job a, it's and a, it's incorporated in him he brings it with him to bring, San yeah, Francisco and you can see it yeah um, it's just it's just hard to <laughs> to me to fathom that someone who has the greatest franchise right now in the NFL has, has a chance <laughs> has a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. Every year, they're 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 when you talk Super Bowl, you immediately start with New England and you talk about everybody else. Why would you want to walk away from that, dismantle that, start over? Kraft's not trying to do that. Belichick's not trying to do that, and Brady's not trying to do that either. Now, but there is one possibility: Matt Patricia. Does Matt Patricia leave and take that Lions uh, position? I, you know that. And that we won't know anything we, we until won't, after we the Super know. Bowl, I don't may, think. May, but, uh, maybe, maybe. And because everyone wants to be a head coach. Yeah. Everyone, Glad he had and, the opportunity and, and, last yeah. year and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, eventually, um, yeah. you know, it, it'll happen. Because that, that all, I remember the same scenarios with us with um, Gary Kubiak when mm-hmm. he was our I offensive like coordinator. Him. And after we won our first Super Bowl, there was rumors that Gary was going to uh, University of Colorado. He, he didn't go. Uh then, then we won our second Super Bowl. There's rumors that he's going to, you know, four or five different NFL teams to become a head coach. And, and Gary stayed. And uh, but when it was time for Gary to 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 move on and 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 take that job in Houston, uh, then he then he left. And, and he, you know he felt like he had done as much as he could do in Denver. He felt like okay, our kind of Super Bowl runs are over. Let me go try something else as a head coach because I've always wanted to be be a head coach. And great for us, he came back yeah, to Denver and, and led us to another Super Bowl. Yeah. 
All right, if you're just tuning in, this is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I'm joined by Byron Chamberlain. Now, Byron, Super Bowl is coming up. Minnesota, you are, you know, I kind of briefed on there. Um, well, you know, do we pick all of our games? Uh, Jackson, number three, Jacksonville at the we, Steelers. Yeah, we we're, both, take, we're taking the Steelers. Both of us are taking Steelers. Are right we? Are you taking Jacksonville? I, you know, that's the one. I, let me, let me, let me. I don't, they, let me, let me, let me Jake let me. Blake Bortles, ugh, if, they, if it was anybody else. But that defense, let me, man. Let, let me say this. And Steelers have been hot and cold all year. Let me say this. I My think heart wants Jacksonville. Yeah, okay. My That's... heart wants Jacksonville. Uh, Calais Campbell is my little brother. I've known that kid since he was 10 years old. Um, and I really want him to make a run to try to get a Super Bowl ring. Um, but I, I really... Blake Bortles, to me, like I, I spoke early, he's the key to that. I don't think Blake Bortles has enough to get it done in Pittsburgh. I think that Pittsburgh defense is too much for alive. him. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna, it's going to overwhelm It should be him. a really good defensive battle, I think. And I think high uh, potentially scores coming from now, defense. Th- that is exactly what I was going to say. The way Jacksonville wins this, if they score some points on defense and Two special picks. teams that you don't see, that you don't see coming, yeah. So, but I got to go with the Pittsburgh. Steelers. It's too hard not to. I mean, with uh, I mean Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and um, oh my gosh, and the, the phenomenal well Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> the Trojan. Um, no, but uh, the running back um, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, who is amazing as well. So okay, so we've got uh, it's just uh, and it's 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 gonna be that that game. I'm actually I like the matchup on that. I like this defensive. Like it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a real physical game. And the other AFC game we picked. Uh, um, well, we t- picked, Tennessee going into New England. We, we both New England. New England. Wanting uh, wanting Tennessee to be in the game um, and both having heart with both, you know, Aaron Wallace I know as well, one of the line, inside mm-hmm. linebackers that played for UCLA. Um, but I just think it's too difficult to go into New England now in January and, and win. And then on the NFC, I've got Atlanta Beating Philadelphia. Yes, I and me as well. And I picked and, and the Vikings. Know, and uh, I, and New I picked the Vikings. Okay. And the other reason I picked Atlanta and I want Atlanta because I want that NFC Championship game in Minnesota. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that yes, no, and I didn't even think. I wasn't even thinking that far. Okay, now Super Bowl plans. Super Bowl is coming up. You played for the Vikings. You lived in Minneapolis. We were speaking a little bit about this uh, before the show started. We've got how much more time? We've got about five, ten minutes. Huh? Okay, we've got we got an hour show, so we've got a few more minutes. Um, so I want to hear. Um, you've got an event coming up in Minneapolis right now. I want to hear about that first. Yeah, I've uh, I'm doing I'm partnering with this uh, event there. It's called Arctic Bold. Arctic Bold is going to be a fashion show, live musical performances. Um, so a lot of celebrity athletes will be in attendance. So you'll get the chance to take pictures, autographs. It's going to be hosted by Idris Elba. There'll be a, um, there'll be a meet and greet with, with Idris as well. So you'll get a chance to, um, uh, get pictures, autographs with, with Idris. Um, like I said, musical performances. Uh, it's just a whole big deal. Um, it's, it's February, it's Thursday, February 1st. It's going to be at, at Stella's Fish Cafe in Uptown Minneapolis. Uptown is a great area. Love that area. Um, uh, February 4th. What you can do is you can follow us on, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, at Arctic Bold. A-R-C-T-I-C-B-O-L-D? Correct. Okay, Arctic Bold. Um, go on our Facebook site. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. They're available at www arcticbowl.com okay so that's www.arcticbowl.com you can go to any of the social media sites snapchat facebook instagram twitter Twitter, at arcticbowl.com and hit the profile link as well i'm sure uh set up yes they can go straight to buy straight to buy buy your tickets uh it's going to be a great event Uh, idris is one of my favorite actors and and every time I mention his name, all the girls go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so but, there's gonna be a lot of women there. No, getting into guys, but, you but might want to go. It's, no. gonna, it's gonna be a really cool deal. My my friend who uh, brought me in is actually in far in charge of the the, the fashion show that's gonna be there. Uh, like I said, musical performance, and then just a great party afterwards. 
Uh, great venue, uh, Stella's Fish Market, if you've ever been there. Uptown in Minneapolis is the place to be. Uh, a lot of cool restaurants, a lot of cool bars, a lot of just cool things to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's the event. We'll see you there. Okay, awesome. So you definitely want to go check that out. Um, and plan, if you're going, I am planning to go as well. I'm going to be skateboarding there. Uh, a lot of friends of mine have some skate shops. So I'm you're going to be, gonna be sk- skateboarding? It's going to be warm enough to skateboard? They're indoor. There's oh, three indoor. different okay, indoor, okay. indoor facilities. Um, we've got um, my friend's... Um, uh, Cal Surf actually has an indoor ramp. They and all the Minnesota skateboarders. Steve Nesser has his shop, La Familia. They have a bowl as well to skate and third layer. So I will be out there, obviously doing some skateboarding and and obviously radio row. Well, make um, sure you call me. I'll, I'm coming over. Uh, you gonna come to watch skate. us skate? Yeah. No, I'm no. coming to skate. Rad. You can bring your board? Yes. You, okay, sick. Yeah, these indoor bulls. Yeah, they're like... Uh, <laughs> my board's in my trunk right now. I, oh, sick. Okay, so Byron and I are going to go skate afterwards. We're gonna, actually, it's raining, so we can't go no, skate I got, right I got so much to do today. <laughs> so um, I want to also wish... Um, and we've got to get out. We've got to sign off. Um, uh, but I do want to wish um, the late, great Dick Emberg um, a happy birthday today. Um, and happy 84th birthday to Bart Starr. And happy birthday to Darren Bennett, a former uh, place kicker. Um, punter. Uh, punter, pardon Sorry. me. I was like, punter. Uh, in the NFL. Played for the Chargers for a long time. I want to thank... Byron for making the time to come in, especially on this sloppy rainy day. You guys for tuning in. Um, This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio, and we'll see you next week. And I'm out. Okay, I wasn't sure.